Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Mia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. This is Nia and thank you so much for being here. Today we have an amazing interview and discussion with Charlie. Charlie is a medical astrologer who has consulted so many medical professionals, including those associated with Johnson & Johnson and has also been on talk shows such Bob and Sherry for astrological forecasts and discussion, but I primarily work with her because she is a medical astrologer helping me to consult with clients by providing me astrological forecasts for the month related to the body and health of my clients specifically based off their astral charts and if you didn't know that was a thing it is very much a thing and I didn't even know this line of astrology existed until I got a download where I was to create a cosmic and health-based membership to support people with working with the tides of energy and detoxing and supporting their health and their physical body and their emotions to understand themselves better. At the time of this recording and likely when you were listening to this was during eclipse season and when there's lots of cosmic activity happening in the sky or in around us that is impossible to say that we will not be affected because we are part of nature we are one and i'm sure you've heard that and not really understood that so hopefully charlie can help shed light into how the planets and cosmic activity directly affects us And if you're really interested in understanding how this might affect you with your health issues and understanding your chart as well, then you might consider joining us inside the Cosmic Health Club. This is my monthly membership that started off as just for my clients that were continuing off from group programs to have maintenance support, but now it's open to the public for only $77 a month for founder pricing. You get two live calls, a healing call, and a coaching and community connection call with moi and also an astrological forecast that Charlie puts together every month to support you and understand what's going on with your body and emotions and how to use nutrition and energetic practices to shift in alignment with the stars. It is incredible. In addition to that, we also have a custom meditation based off the energy. So this month being Taurus season, we did a meditation and hypnosis to support you in detoxing, non-serving emotions, and upgrade your level of self-love. So if this is something that you're interested in, click the link in my show notes and it will take you right there for that founder's pricing of only $77 a month. So this is a place where you can find community with like-minded people as well as learn and heal together. Okay, without further ado, we're going to jump right into this interview with Charlie. 
Welcome. Today I have Charlie and Charlie and I met through Upwork of all places. Uh, probably last fall, so the fall of 2022, I got this download to start integrating astrology and the cosmos into my work with my clients because I started to notice this pattern where when we were detoxing, obviously I talk about this a lot, but parasitic activity increases and therefore their symptoms. And so this download was to basically understand this at a deeper level. And so I have now a kind of underground membership where Charlie basically consults creating um, consults this membership, creating a forecast for every single month, but it's astrology from a medical slash health slash wellness perspective. And it is so unique. And I'm so happy that Upwork of all places connected us together. So hello, Charlie. And um, we're so happy to have you here. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, you have to tell a little bit about your background and how you got into this. Like, I feel like a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs and even those that are like self-employed, uh, they didn't always start out with this work. And this is such a very niche down um, aspect of astrology that I think a lot of people are probably very curious um, of your backstory and maybe even your own healing journey, which I'm going to guess that probably influenced why you mm -hmm. took this kind of route with your career. So give us all the deets. I mean, absolutely. You, you hit it straight out there. Most of us reach our point of spiritual turning because of some form of crisis or perceived crisis or even an accumulation of crisis. And for me, I had a tremendously all over the place life. I was asked to leave my family home in my mid-teens and life was a crazy ride. I was surviving as a child, forced to be an adult. So young, I did the adult things. I went into banking by the age of 17, 18. I was in the entertainment industry, um, helping with music videos and writing. I was a personal trainer. And actually it was the kind of health and wellness of the gym and attention to the physical body that I threw myself into when I was asked to leave my childhood home. Mm. And I lived life at 100 miles an hour and got to a point, which I'm sure we'll discuss this more, it was at my Saturn return oh. <laughs> when I kind of realized that I was on a path that was going in a circle and I needed guidance, but due to not being able to, or feeling like I couldn't trust others, thanks to, you know, my childhood experience of abandonment mm -hmm. from guardians. And I felt like I couldn't trust myself either because I still felt like that child in my mind. And I was often told by my elders that, you know, I should never have left the banking industry to have mm -hmm. secured such a great position at such a young age. I just felt kind of incompetent in my own choices. And I really initially got into astrology in general to try and disprove it on my way to discovering a practice that was going to help me with guidance. Like I wanted to eliminate astrology and that, that didn't happen. I failed at that because it tended to work 
with myself and then strangers. So I kind of got in it from a discovery point of view because I wanted to rule it out. And here it still is, you know, eight, <laughs> eight years later, helping me more than I ever could have imagined. How did you stumble upon it? Like, was that through a book or seeing an astrologer? Um, I'd say that when I was, I was a typical kind of 80s, 90s um, young girl and I was interested in it from the magazines and horoscopes and stuff mm-hmm. and never really gave much weight to it mm-hmm. um, until I wanted to disprove it. So I kind of thought, <laughs> you know, I, I have a very technical mind. I'm going to learn this system and I'm going to find the one error. And it really turned into a career <laughs> by accident because now I'm suddenly helping people with parts of their journey accurately because I read one book and I applied it and I'm like, wow, okay, this works. Another book, you know, there's thousands of books out there. I'm going to find the one, (laughs) the one that I'm like, no, this doesn't work. So (laughs) I just started applying the facets to my journey and it was, it became more of a power up. And I'm looking at the power that it was given to people I worked with. Mm. It was like an invincibility cloak. And I was able to operate authentically and I'm kind of like, okay, you know, until something tells me that this is wrong or to stop going in this direction, I'm going to continue. Mm. So I I, <laughs> I feel like I have to ask this very early on. What are your three, like your main three signs, rising, moon and sun? So my sun is cancer. Okay. My moon is Aquarius. And okay. my rising is cancer. So there's, mm. so cancer in the, in the astrology wheel is to do with food. There are four signs to do with food. Taurus, oh, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> confirm, yep. Taurus, cancer, Virgo, and Pisces. And you have Taurus is um, food kind of based on its survival. It's interesting the way Taurus food is based on survival. Like you, mm. It's the second house of the wheel and it's the resources. So it's food as a resource. It's food as a provider. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have cancer, which is food as nourishment. That's fourth house of the wheel. And a lot of people with heavy cancer placements may have some problems with how the mother or family Mm -hmm. nourished them. So if that's if you've got a cancer, sun, moon, Mars, Venus, that kind of thing. Um, and Virgo is interestingly, it's the sign of natural grains when it comes to food. And then Pisces, which is the opposite side of the wheel, is processed food, which mm. has its place. Like processed food totally has its place at times. It's just there is a, a timing dynamic in each chart and each kind of day's transit that determines where those four, four parts fall in for us in helping us develop our wellness. That is so interesting because as you said, all those signs, it's like, it's one of my closest friends, my husband and my mom, like in my close circle. And and we all have something related to food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is insane. Um, Okay. So definitely already like what you've said, I'm like thinking of all these people in my life and also as myself as a Taurus, like, food comes up a lot, obviously being a nutritionist. So mm-hmm. how, like, give us like, I, even for myself too, like, 
what exactly is medical astrology? Like from my like understanding of it, like you kind of drew these connections to like brains, for example, with Virgo, like how do you interpret that? So each kind of planet and sign have, they have this archetypal presence from the macrocosm to the microcosm. And, you know, the Virgo Pisces axis is quite interesting because it's quite biblical when they talk about, um, and it's irrespective if you are Christian or not, it's this story of development, you know, and it's biblical in its whole, I, I read somewhere about the grains and the fish of Pisces. So the grains of Virgo and the fish of Pisces, which is that kind of connection to other self dynamic. Mm-hmm. So the components, like the 12 components of an entire chart that make us up, they each pertain to a part of the body. So you have Aries is the head and the brain. Taurus is the ears and the jaw and the throat. And you yeah. you can see that as the entrance to the food thing, you know. Um, Gemini are the vocal cords, the arms and the lungs. Cancer is the stomach, so it becomes digestive. It's the breasts, so it becomes, you know, how you nurture. Leo is the spine and the heart. Virgo, the pancreas and the intestines, Libra, Mm. the kidneys, Scorpio, the kind of excretory system, Sagittarius is the hips, the buttocks, the sciatic nerves, Capricorn, knee joints, bones, skin, aqua, like Aquarius stuff is very blood vessels and ankles, and Pisces is lymphatic system. And I don't know if anyone would have seen this. I imagine you would have seen this, the, the Zodiac man like the picture of the Zodiac man with all the signs pointing to the parts no, of the body. I'm oh, I'm going to have to so Google this. Yeah, I'll <laughs> send it to man. you. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like the um, the medical diagram man that they have. Um, I'll send that to you too. Yeah. But it was ancient Nepalese practice that when a baby was born, that you also, someone provided, someone professional provided the parents with this chart and they had these very clinical understandings of what each part pertains to like the the whole point is that we're given the right to choose freely what we incorporate into our bodies Mm -hmm. and when we understand what these kind of orbs are doing and the influence they had on the environment at the point of us being born we can better choose the food we eat in a moment and we can you know allow ourselves to understand that the thoughts that we think also become us and are part of, you know, this emission and consumption dynamic that we're all here experiencing on the planet. We we give and we take in. And these structures of Virgo being grains, you know, if someone has Virgo in the 12th house of their chart, then they are going to need a little bit more care in their monitoring of how they feel when they take in grains versus someone who has Virgo in the second house who could just survive on grains. Mm. They can just you roll on, on grains and it's kind of like, wow. You know, have you ever had someone who can eat all of this stuff and you're like, how do you That is my husband. Operate? <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he a like he's a Virgo. He's a Virgo. It's so <laughs> annoying. But That's when he funny. like when he's had like health issues, like where it's kind of like caught up with him and it, like being in his thirties now, mm-hmm. uh, it's showed up in his intestines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. 
And that's so the who, thing, it's the associations between those planet signs and angles and the connected body parts. That's what offers the preventative insight to physical wellness. So, I mean, it's, it's, you, you, you see it real time. And I imagine you see it a hell of a lot because of, you know, the work that you do and offer to help people. So there's definitely, to me, astrology is a big clock and it's kind of like timing. It's like mm-hmm. the timing of these things, these ti- the timing of these operations in the body. Yeah. Like I'm thinking too, like when you said like Taurus, for example, was like ears and jaw and throat, I think. Um, when I was 10, I I got my tonsils and adenoids removed because they were so enlarged, but it was also like a very traumatic time in my life (laughs) because I was so stressed that they became so enlarged. And it was something I kind of just put on the back burner. But now as I like pay attention to like the gut health issues I've had in my adult hood years, that's so very connected to that. And that felt like such a blip, but it's mm-hmm. obviously not like, um, you mentioned like when, uh, and like back in the, the olden days, or I don't know how you phrased it, but, mm-hmm. uh, parents being given this chart with the like Zodiac man, uh, I, I I'm, I'm sure you might agree with this, but like, I really believe like a lot of parents I hear say like, oh, if only there was like a blueprint for my child and how to raise them. Do you think that like that could like astrology and even medical astrology could like be like of use, like in the same ways that it was used like hundreds or thousands of years ago, like still Definitely. in present day? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, it's, um, it's interesting because we lost our connection to that. Yeah. When I guess the whole idea of like emergency medicine and prescriptions became more of an industry and business, we lost this um, preventative approach. Like I I had an issue when I was four years old. Um, I was taken into hospital. I was covered in like blood bruises on my legs mm. to the point that they originally thought that I was being abused. So um, there was a lot of issues there, but they discovered I had what is now called vasculitis. And this was back in like 1990. So what happened was I was discharged and it was just, you know, it recovered in a few days and then I was sent on. And it wasn't until I hit the age of 30, the Saturn return again, the end of mm-hmm. the Saturn return. And this vasculitis actually came out of remission due to stress. Mm. So I kind of had this bookended experience from four till the age of 30, which contained this bubble of family matters from, Mm -hmm. you know, being taken out of my home at a young age and having to fend for myself, bringing this back out of remission. And when I look at the astrological chart, my one, It's Mm -hmm. literally at the age of four, it puts me in hospital for a difficult to diagnose situation. And I just think if in back then, if you knew that something was coming up, like the preventative um, offerings of this Mm -hmm. as a practice are invaluable. I just don't understand how we lost touch with that or why. I know that people still use it. I'm sure they do, but it's just you're hundred percent on the money, I think it would be something to explore moving forward progressively in the future that could really help us understand depths that we lost touch with over time. Yeah. Like, uh, so when you say like the past and like people would do this, like how far ago are we talking? Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
so the origins are just like there's Babylonian, there's like Egyptian, uh-huh. um, there's all these talks of, you know, how far back this dates. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to me, it's really just the existential environmental imprint of the entire universe that exists yeah. within a person. So it's like as as old as time itself. And where there is no exact date, it kind of did gain some feet and traction around like 1450 AD. And I, I do oh know that one of the most, yeah, it's so, so back in the day, there were like things to do with purposeful bleeding in, mm. um, in relation to like moon cycles, the mm. just lunar cycles. And this was male and female, you know, it wasn't just to, to the women. And there was always this, this quote from Hippocrates stating that like a physician without the knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician at all. And he was <gasps> criticized because people were saying, oh, you know, he's using astrology to manipulate situations. But, you know, in the grand scheme of something like wellness, if you're predisposed to say a sodium deficiency or, you know, some kind of digestive problems, then manipulation of that is surely desirable mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if it's if it's left to develop without any attention then that that's where questionable results come about and so yeah years ago it was very very i'm talking bajillions of years ago you know it was yeah. very very used and then suddenly the the world became a market for medicine as opposed mm-hmm. to it being holistic And it kind of just got lost in amidst the regulated industry that we now know as medicine. Mm. You brought up that quote, uh, and uh, you said, was it by Hippocrates? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's another quote that's like, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. And so now I'm kind of curious, like, who does and like in your world since you're so tapped into this like who still uses medical astrology that we might not even realize so i love that quote the (laughs) millionaire not millionaires the billionaires that use astrology that was jp morgan and Mm -hmm. you know my original research of astrology because i'm like there's no way that this tool exists and tiny, tiny little me is sat here and I'm not the only person that knows this. There's no possible way. And, you know, I found kind of like the presidents that used it, Theodore Roosevelt, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Ronald Reagan, they all used this. They had personal astrologers for private reasons. But, you know, modern day, I know from clients as well as kind of being in the industry that a lot of celebrities use it for wellness. I know for one that, and this is a this is an interesting one, that Jennifer Lopez uses medical astrology. Really? Um, yeah. She, I mean, she uses astrology to help select her backing dancers. Mm. She used to pick her backing dancers based on their astrological sun signs. Um, there are even PubMed articles online that you can find that talk about the contribution of astrology and medicine so it's it's there what and really it's yeah it's it's <laughs> it's wild pubmed people you know i i worked with um nurses and doctors and medical professions for like majority of my astrological career mm-hmm. and a lot of them are like 
they're open-minded much like yourself you know they're the pioneers of of the new medical movements and they're like yeah we knew we knew some of this stuff goes on and take a look at this PubMed article and I'm like what really Mm -hmm. like where where is this information in school or where is this information anywhere else or like we discussed earlier where is it from birth especially as life is the goal you know wellness and and vitality is the goal and it seems to either be a well-kept secret or it's just hidden amongst everything else that's going on in the world. Yeah, I feel like uh, as individuals, we're like wellness and health is the goal, but our medical system specifically in the US has like mm-hmm. turned more into um, a business rather Definitely. than focused on people that it's not about wellness and health. Mm-hmm. It's about chasing symptoms and mm-hmm. masking it as health. And so many people are like stuck in this delusion. Um, like <laughs> I'm not surprised, but my question though, like from you sharing that is like, when you're like consulting with these like doctors, like, and people who like, you mentioned the PubMed, a lot of people in like the health space, like want the article, the PubMed research to back up what you're saying. And you like mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, it's here. It's just people aren't using it. When you're consulting these individuals who are very aware of the connection, like, are you consulting them like for patients or um, like certain trends or things they're noticing in their like practices or in like the collective of people and like health issues? Like what are certain kind of things that you're working with them for? So it's definitely the trends. Um, You mentioned about the business dynamic of the healthcare in, especially in America. Um, So sadly, you know, I can't just go out and be a practicing medical astrologer in the sense of diagnosis and Mm -hmm. remedial action because I'll be you know, sued by the country because I didn't do their studies. But these um, current medical professionals who have really put their life and soul into being part of this structure and from the inside, they want to change that. We deal a lot with trends. I don't deal with direct patients. So if I'm dealing with a client of my own consulting wise, I can tell them what their chart may look like Mm -hmm. it predisposes them to and then I refer them to get x y and z Mm -hmm. tests done with their doctors and then their doctors can kind of carry on from there their physicians can look into that and this really stems from um back in 2017 I had a really serious series of sicknesses I was in the emergency room like five times between 2017 and 2018 often by ambulance. Um, Mm. One time was actually a cardiac event that I was completely ignored on. And I was always discharged with, uh, one time I believe it was anxiety, I was discharged with another, after they prescribed me meds that I didn't want. Um, Another time was dysphagia um, because I would not be able to eat without choking and passing out. Oh my God. Which actually happened to be in the future. I found out that that was a symptom of sodium deficiency. And Mm. I discovered that because in my chart, I have the planet Mars, which Mm. is sodium, in the sign of Capricorn, which is restriction. So it says sodium restriction. And originally people would think that would be to intentionally 
restrict sodium, for me, it was that I needed more. And that was also to do with use of energy. If I'm talking about the spiritual connection, the way I was using my energy needed a higher level of sodium because since the age of kind of 16, I've been going it alone. And so I saw all of this weave together and working with a variety of medical professionals over the years, they, it's this beautiful kind of back and forth. Like I love the relationship I have with you because we see the same things from this wholesome perspective that's so perfectly complementary and it kind of it doesn't leave anything out and that's what I like about those who are here to break the mold or to at least gently begin changing it yeah and it's it's interesting like you mentioned the doctors earlier like really like putting their heart and soul into like okay I'm gonna fit into these things and I'm gonna be different and it's like they have so much limitation. And um, mm-hmm. there was like a point in my career where it's like, I could like go into the system and work in hospitals and be guaranteed jobs. Or if I really want to do what I want to do, like I have to like kind of be on the outskirts of it mm-hmm. and be very careful with my languaging. Like I can't diagnose and like prescribe, but I can give you my best suggestions that's come from experience and my holistic education. And work mm-hmm. with other practitioners it's like a very roundabout way but it works so far so good yep. um and i've been next to doctors at, like taking seminars and like weekend long classes where i'm next to these doctors who admit that they go through this schooling only to realize like it's completely effed up and backwards Mm -hmm. and they're trying to unlearn everything they've learned. And uh, because they see their patients consistently returning and all they have and all they've been taught is like how to give a pill and rather than break it down from this like psychosomatic slash spiritual, mental, physical body connection. Absolutely. 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 And there's definitely a place for emergency medicine. Like of course. I, always, <laughs> I always see this um, analogy and I, I spoke to one particular doctor that I'm close with about this analogy. I say like, if somebody's arm has fallen off, it would be horrible to sit around and ponder the reason for the arm falling <laughs> off. You know, we need to reattach that arm and then we can figure it out later. And that's where we... Like I was talking to my husband the other day about, you know, I want to find a preventative clinic, like a place that I can go, even if there mm-hmm. is no problem right now. And I just want to check something, you know, everything is so held up on crisis and emergency. And that's definitely a, a, a spiritual to physical kind of transition dynamic there. But mm-hmm. everything's so hooked up on emergency. We don't see doctors until it's too late. We don't Mm -hmm. go to the emergency room and and it brings me back to the whole astrology as a clock, astrology as a timing method thing that being aware of ahead of time is the difference between, you know, a very positive or very dire outlook in a diagnosis. And we've got to the point where we've left it to the last minute now. Yeah. And it's like, you and I have a question on your Saturn return because this like weaves into it. It's like illness. What I've found, like when we deal with like 
say those symptoms that we had, like you mentioned when you were four, come back around with your Saturn return. Like I really believe that illness is our greatest teacher. Disease mm-hmm. can be our greatest teacher. And it's an initiation of some sorts because yes. it's forcing us to understand the emotional energy underneath it. And it's almost like, I think of it like a, like a pimple, if you will, like the head of it coming up and out through the body, yep. through these symptoms. But if all we are just told is like, oh, you have like those bruises or things on your legs, like, oh, okay. Like, let's just fix those instead of asking why. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You brought up Saturn return. And I'm curious, like, I had a very similar experience where like the head of these challenges I experienced as like a young child came to the surface and the experiences I had during my Saturn return. And they manifested as a lot of deep, deep rooted gut issues. And like, I finally was able like through my Saturn return to get to the depths of them, the roots of them, which has kind of created like the foundation of a lot of the work that I do today. Is that like a thing for every Saturn return or is there like, is that just a coincidence (laughs) that we shared that experience? It, It should be. The thing is, it should be the whole point of the Saturn return and the, what I would call pop culture understanding of turning 27, 28, 29, 30 is more about the age, which is very strange. It's more about, you know, oh, you're leaving this um, era and you're moving into this era. And there's very little about how or why responsibility and healing changes at that time. And, you know, a lot of people are made to feel guilty or, or incompetent or a variety of you know not very nice words because between the ages of zero and 30 they haven't achieved a b and c or they are not in this kind of position and actually looking at things like life expectancy like years ago when people didn't you know they only lived till like 32 imagine Mm. that saturn return hits and then you've got a couple (laughs) years left it's that's our point of of maturity that's our rite of passage and essentially it's intended that every single person sits within themselves at that time and they re-explore that previous those previous kind of 27 28 29 30 years of their life mm-hmm. and structure it in a way to say okay what made me feel physically and emotionally well during that time and what didn't and it's a time of sorting out but you know, we're taught, oh, happy birthday, here's some <laughs> wrinkle cream, or, you know, <laughs> oh, life is going to be completely different from now on. And it's just, it's cast with such a shadow mm-hmm. instead of this beautiful rite of passage where it's like, now you're equipped with stuff, you are about to have a really boss 20 years, mm-hmm. which is the truth of the Saturn return. Yeah, I... I didn't really understand it until I was going through it. And I literally just exited my Saturn was in Aquarius. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, it was this like wave. And I thought it was like a period of like, oh, just one month, you know, like this stamped <laughs> astrological event that had a finite like time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not that it felt like a roller coaster, like, oh, there's another peak of it. Okay, we're gonna fall down. <laughs> Everything's good. Oh, there's another peak. So it yeah. was a lot 
Um, but now I get it. Like it was very shadowy and very dark. And like looking back, like I just um, kind of brought up, it was like it forced me to get to the depths of mm-hmm. a lot of these patterns that I had kind of just brushed over in my 20s because I didn't have the tools to uncover yep. them. And I was forced to create them. And it was a little bit of that tough love from Saturn as yeah. that's a great way to put it so well it is tough love (laughs) um yeah and I I always am so curious because I see others go through their Saturn returns and maybe they're just not as like open on it about it but it's like are are you really going through or did I just have like a crazy wild ride and it was just (laughs) me or um are you I think some people are embarrassed Mm. you know I think some people are embarrassed like because of that whole you're you're turning this age and now you you know everything needs to be in order and then the internal voice is screaming mm-hmm. and they're like okay so my the the external expectations do not match the mm-hmm. internal transformation and that's where i mean it's a it's an interesting phenomenon that um a lot of you you heard of the 27 club like a lot of celebrities with kind of substance problems and stuff um passing around the age of 27 because actually that's officially when you start to inch towards saturn return territory mm-hmm. and you know that always amazes me when i see people it's it's like um two choices two paths and some people go the path of the darkness letting it consume them mhm and they don't show mm. that because that is embarrassing mm-hmm. from the internal point of view. Or there's like your experience where you're like, I am on this. I am up and down on this and in this. And I, uh, you're kind of authentically, organically riding it, you mm-hmm. know? And perhaps that's a lot to do with your entire healing journey as a whole, mm-hmm. including your intellectualization of progress, you know, self sovereignty like becoming your own governing system you know so it's it's such a varied experience but it's also a very similar experience we're all going through the same at the same ages but we all kind of are of a, equipped with different tools to handle or to not handle it and some of us like yourself we 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 find those tools mm-hmm. because the other option isn't even really an option yeah, yeah, it's not to be considered, at least for no, me. No. It reminds me, I was literally just having this conversation with a friend and a client yesterday about like in regards to going through it alone and like kind of um, holding that uh, embarrassment or shame because you don't measure up to those expectations that you thought your life would look like at 30 is kind of like when you experience trauma as a child, I know I had this experience where you had this dysfunctional family and there was so much chaos. And I just assumed everyone around me, my peers and my class all had these perfect family lives. And Mm -hmm. I've had the chance to work with some people that I went to high school with and or middle school even, and just like assumed like they had everything better, but here I am now on the other side of that coaching and guiding them through and realizing like we were all that different, but because we didn't talk about it and we didn't have the tools and 
society was so much different as it is now. There was not social media and we didn't talk about mm-hmm. things. We suffered in silence. Yes. Yes. And there were a lot less facilitators. Like I imagine you and, you know, the the work you do is facilitating kind of the opening for this to not be that way anymore. Yes. And there weren't that many facilitators back then because that brings us back to the more kind of indoctrinated um, educational system and how we handled emotions. Like emotions, oh my goodness, regarding emotions, like the actual life path of that is crazy. I wrote a book and created a system on 15 emotional archetypes. And from that, once you are lined up with your emotional archetype, you are going to understand the message that comes from every feeling. And I am in my 30s and that is the first you know i've experienced of these channels for that as a child emotions were either a scary thing or mm. an emb- embarrassing like you say shame is a great word a shameful thing so it was kind of just knocked on the head and we're in that generation the neptune in capricorn gem- generation and the pluto in scorpio generation where we are here to um kind of blow the lid off of that and in doing so we are upsetting our peers or or, sorry elders not peers we're with our peers and we're upsetting our elders because they're kind of like that's not how it was done and that's not (laughs) how we taught you and we're Mm -hmm. like but that didn't work for us because a lot of us among our peer group are having various kind of ailments Mm -hmm. that are really different Mm -hmm. and they're different because they start within the deep 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 dna of the feelings. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. It's it, even I think our there's some people like our peers and our age group that are deeply disrupted by it because they're still kind of in quote unquote the matrix of things. Yeah. I recently had a video go viral on TikTok. It was my first ever viral video and I posted nice. about how the drainage organs, which are our like our liver, our kidneys, our um, colon, how we need to like regularly support and cleanse and open these pathways in order to prevent illness. Because you mentioned millennials, like or our peers in that group, um, they're becoming one of the like youngest to uh, basically test and be at risk for colon cancer. And so I stitched this video about like, well, you can prevent this. And so many people got upset by it because it almost was like it was too simple that you could prevent something like cancer. Like you are in control of your own health and well-being. Mm -hmm. And it was mind boggling because I realized like, oh, not everybody is like, in the in that millennial age is open to that idea like there's still people still trapped in that idea that doctors are king and they know everything and you have to be a part of that system to like actually have real life-changing knowledge for Mm -hmm. the health and well-being of you and that's so sad because it really is boxing something in that much like everything is evolutionary everything is evolutionary. Our cars are not the same as they used to be. Our houses are not the same as they used to be. We fly in metal tubes in the air. That never used to happen. So why do we stick to not 
kind of progressing through things like wellness and medicine. And I, I think a lot of that is to do with conditioning. There's mm-hmm. a lot coming up over the years. I mean, we're in the final four years now um, of removing emotional obstructions in mm-hmm. the actual energetic body. So by 2027, it's proposed through the human design system that we will have such a different connection with emotional management that every form of relationship we have will change. And therefore what that does is it removes relationship titles that are traditionally ingrained in us. Like, um, you know, this is a doctor that's been a doctor for 10 years. Therefore his or her understanding from 10 years ago, by the way, Mm. (laughs) trumps your current experience. It Mm. trumps your current understanding or, you know, because this person is mother or father or grandpa or grandma, mm. they, um, their, you know, life back in 1939, which worked for them, should work <laughs> for you now. And so some people are under the umbrella of, it's, it's kind of sweet in a way. They're so committed to their family and their bloodline and their love that it's self-sacrificial. Mm -hmm. And within our generation, we're seeing a lot of different experiences. All those people who are, you know, yes, no, I'll do anything your way because you are, you know, superior authority on that versus there's a whole bunch of us that had these absolutely traumatic family experiences. And we're like, hey, you know, there are certain boundaries that are allowed irrespective of title. And there are certain things that you can do to keep yourself well like not misery loves company and and that was that's a lot of what the previous prior generations they they kind of grew up with and we don't have to continue that um message we don't yeah i feel like i definitely like it, you mentioned the pattern of like and you said it 2027 20, yeah what year are we yeah um of just like people kind of breaking ground on that and it's Mm -hmm. still underground if you will um Mm -hmm. but i i feel that like mom doesn't know everything and when you get older you'll realize that and that's okay because she's a human (laughs) yes Um, exactly (laughs) there's so much like release in that but the first step is really understanding that we are all so so very individual that one size just doesn't fit all yeah. And we need to kind of come together in experiences and connect pieces of the unseen with the seen. Yeah. And you mentioned like um, this trend in the next four years. I That kind of leads me to this question of like, do you sense or um, know of any patterns or predictions of your own for this year um, in terms of astrology or even like the next couple of years, because I've had this conversation in the last, ooh, I'd say it's been the last month where I've been going through this like period of like so much uncertainty and ways that I've never experienced before. Or if I did it, I thought I had already gotten past that. And as I like speak more to it and the people in my circle, I realize I am not alone in that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like 
from an astrological point, be it medical astrology or just generalize, what the hell's going on? (laughs) So much is going on. I mean, I think everybody can agree that kind of, I mean, my last memory of everything being far less volatile was like 2016. And then obviously 2020 (laughs) came along and really threw us all through a loop. But from kind of now moving onwards, um, 2027 is heralded as like a really big year for the complete restructure of everything. And that includes um, grocery stores, interestingly. Mm. I read in 2016 is when I actually read this whole prophecy that uh, grocery stores as they are right now won't exist anymore. And I kind of like, okay, you know, that's interesting. And then when 2020 came along and people couldn't enter grocery stores for a while. We, I'm like, damn, are we being kind of prepped? You know, a a lot of people in my area, I'm very fortunate to live in a sunny area. A lot of people started to grow their own food. And this movement was like a really positive movement to come out of something so like hugely disruptive in the world. And that was kind of the first step towards this 2027 change you know they say cellular changes are seven years long and so on so 2020 to 2027 we began the process of um things like even law enforcement changing and healthcare. Mm-hmm. um people understanding that there are gaps that need to be filled yeah and so from this year we began we had saturn moving into pisces saturn is an authoritative planet it's a teacher it's also you know it's the main the way of the law you know it's the things that we know and going into the final sign on the wheel Pisces we've done a 29 year cycle with all the information we have and now it's time to add more to that so this year particularly um I would expect to see alternative therapies Mm -hmm. jumping up significantly like in a way that is just kind of, you wouldn't expect those numbers. And Saturn is also protein in the, in the, in a natal chart, a fun, a fun thing to do. If you have your natal chart or if anyone can look up their natal chart, Mm -hmm. if you have the sign of Saturn, uh, sorry, the planet of Saturn in the sign of like a a fire sign, then Mm -hmm. you need hot protein. If Mm. you have Saturn in an earth sign, you will need, a lot of protein. Um, If you have Saturn in an air sign, you need consistent protein. So it needs to be at very similar times per day, almost like, um, because it's a brain support for a Saturn in air sign. And then if you have Saturn in a water sign, it's kind of like protein shakes. So with Saturn in Pisces this year, I would expect to see a lot of change with our understanding of recommended daily intakes of protein actually being a lot higher than we've yeah, been I've seen that so much. Yes. Um, I am constantly like a, telling my clients, eat more protein. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's, it's so simple as well. If you think about it, we're taught protein is the building block of life. And then we're like, you must have 0.36 grams per pound yeah. of body weight. That's like, wait, hold on. That's Surely too little. There should, yeah, there should be almost, almost no upper limit there. You should intuitively follow your body on that. Like hunger is usually a sign that you need some kind of protein and yeah, throw the fat and throw all the other stuff on with it too, because they all work together. And this year, I think there are going to be people blowing the lid on that and saying, you know, making changes. I don't know whether that it will go through the, 
what shall I call it, like the formal routes. I don't know if it'll mm-hmm. go through the formal routes where, you know, um, the CDC or the whoever writes the allowances change it, but it's definitely something I think within, among the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and protein is connected with water and it's also connected with peace. So in places where we have kind of like weight fluctuation issues, protein can really help with retaining of water, which is also the retaining of emotion. Mm. I mean, tell me how much better you feel after a protein dense meal Mm -hmm, and you suddenly mm -hmm. are like, okay, I can handle this thing. Like I've sat down to write down reports and readings on an empty stomach, which is so silly. (laughs) And I'm looking at my work like, what is this? And after a protein dense meal, suddenly all my hormones and everything is firing on point. And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, this new stuff that I'm writing is perfect. So there's definitely progress there. And I see that on your work as well. I was actually um, looking through this morning and I'm like, yes, you know, this (laughs) this protein push is really going to be something for the next, I would say, three years. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I was talking about this um on a on my last a podcast episode. It was a solo one, but I recently incorporated more animal protein back into my diet. I was in this mm-hmm. like seven year spree of being vegetarian and just mm-hmm. um adding it back in like drastically improved, like me feeling regulated, like animal protein regulates your HPA axis. It makes you feel more grounded. It's such a root chakra food. And like, even you saying it from like an astrological point of view, I'm like, Oh, duh, that totally makes sense that like, it makes you feel grounded from that perspective. Um, you just clicked so much in my mind, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I even tell clients like, to eat more protein. They're like, are you sure? Like we're so programmed to think like less is better when it comes to our yeah. health, but it's like yeah. food is like this energy we get to put into our bodies and it can either kill us or it can help us. And Absolutely. yeah, just that example of you sitting down and your ideas coming to you because of like a protein rich meal. I'm like, yeah, I need to practice that more and remember and come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you said so much too about the, the the grocery stores. Yeah, I recently like, where are you located? Are you in the US? Yeah, so I'm in Key West, Florida. Okay, okay. Um, I'm in California and it's like mind boggling how expensive groceries are oh. now. And so I could even just see from that like, vantage point this destruction of the grocery store like my grocery bill has like nearly doubled Mm -hmm. um in the last like six months i'll say and it's like why am i not growing my own tomatoes or vegetables that i'm paying like 50 bucks for Mm -hmm. um, when i have all this california sunshine like that seems so silly at this point because it's so expensive it is so expensive and it's it's i laugh at it and i have to remember kind of to um be compassionate about the shock that this is to some people but i laugh because i'm like oh right on time you know the program is working <laughs> yeah. as it should be yeah. and and i i believe that like 
the things that happen in the form of crisis are little hints from the universe to explore options. For example, if gross, if if 2020 continued oh, and we, we still had no <laughs> toilet paper and we still couldn't go to grocery <laughs> stores, then are we really going to succumb to our own demise because, you know, the local Whole Foods isn't open and because bathroom paper isn't available. No, we're not. Mm. We're going to adjust and adapt. And I feel like these momentary blips, Mm -hmm. we should all be exploring the other options that they offer us in the sense of, well, what would I do if that was an existential thing? Mm. You know, it's no question that you need food to survive. And what would I do if my grocery store rationed 10 items and 10 minutes per person, you know, how would Mm. I move around that? How am I going to come outside of the control of these systems and back into control of myself? Yeah. And not even to mention like the price of it, like (laughs) as you're speaking, I'm like how they even make it, you know, (laughs) like you're going and you're thinking, oh, because I'm shopping at Whole Foods, getting this organic apple that it's really good quality. And it's like, no, it's overpriced and Mm -hmm. probably still sprayed because of condensation in the clouds going from one farm to the other. And the fact that this apple is now fresh and shiny on the shelf, like it should be rotted by now if it were really natural. (laughs) So that like creeps me out more and more and like makes me just want to stop buying my produce. Like I'm not going to go and make a farm like, but there's definitely things I think we can do to adapt. Like Mm -hmm. I know so many people in response to that toilet paper fiasco still have bidets and it's like, that's Mm -hmm. a feasible, easy option. And it actually saves the planet. Mm -hmm. It does. And it's not to mention incredibly hygienic. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Using water, you know, I mean, that's like so hygienic. It's kind of like people who were upset about it. I, you know, I get it initially, but in the long run, it's kind of, it is good for you. And yeah. the the cost of groceries and just food, these things that we absolutely need to sustain life, by the mm-hmm. way, that's crazy. That doesn't change the fact that we need food to continue to live. However, the prices continually change. Mm-hmm. Like we're just put in this tiny little cage of either using the time to produce these things ourselves which mm-hmm. is very time consuming. And we are in a in a time is money world. There is mm-hmm. no denying that. I mean, it might not be right for us to be that way, but that's where we are now. And people feel kind of stuck. And I think that's another message of this whole Saturn in Pisces is learning. Um, I call it, it's weird. I have really weird words for saying things sometimes. I call it um, food concentrate. So for example, I suffer with hyponatremia. I have my kidneys function in a very different way. And my requirement for sodium daily is a number that would floor some people. Mm. And I've found ways to get that in um, more concentrated doses. So it's not that I have to consume you know, four or five big salty meals. Mm -hmm. I make my own version of Gatorade, for example. I use fresh pressed orange juice, uh, coconut water, uh, half a teaspoon of salt and Mm. some lemon juice. And I have all of the necessary electrolytes to support my system. And actually two or three of those with all the values of the necessary kind of minerals in them 
would be enough mm-hmm. outside of needing extra you know protein and stuff they would be enough for minerals so i think we're becoming clever with food yeah i yeah. think we're becoming smart with getting the most it is really is getting the bang for your buck kind of thing getting the most for the minerals that you're consuming but that's also because we have to Mm. and and you know what what you just described reminds me have you ever heard of an adrenal mocktail yes that's like all the ladies I work with I'm like two o'clock take an adrenal mocktail because you need that for your hormones and it's better than you reaching for that second, third cup of coffee and being up all night because you're wired from it. Um, or like a Gatorade or yeah. you know, something with um, anything that has upwards of, I don't know, a hundred grams of sugar in it. Oh God. And the dyes in it. Um, oh yes. Yeah. The colors. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I think we're just like, it comes down to re-educating ourselves. Like, We've been fooled about a lot or misled and maybe the people that taught us just didn't know better because they followed these systems and had mm-hmm. the best intentions. But it's like the table salt is not going to be the same as your mineralized sea salt that you mm-hmm. can buy by the pound. And it's not as bad as your doctor tells your dad to cut down on the salt, you know? So yep. it's like re uh, yeah, re-educating ourselves from what we learned in maybe sixth grade health class or what our parents have always told us. Yeah. Um, especially like with women and food because of the huge uh, impact that diet culture has on them. Oh, massive. Absolutely. Like I it's 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 a, a shame sometimes because you know, uh the men they have I notice like especially in my experience with uh, men in the family they find what works for them and they maybe sometimes switch off and they just continue along this path until something heinous is wrong whereas like women we are so constantly fluctuating I mean we are represented by Venus and the moon and the moon changes the sign every two and a half days (laughs) so we are our bodies in in the kind of fluctuation of water and feelings and stuff every two and a half days that's adjusting so you try and blanket (laughs) this entire world with everybody should Mm -hmm. eat this way breakfast lunch and dinner and you know have your coffee here and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah blah blah. so it's like there are just so many I call it fragmentation that's what we're going through we're going through this fragmentation where we're all detaching and we're all supposed Mm -hmm. to be okay about that Mm-hmm. Okay, that it's okay that you, um, you over here can tolerate a lot a lot of grains, for example, and I over here cannot tolerate a lot of grains. It's kind of like we're supposed to be respecting these differentiations and learning more about them, so that future generations can have less of a struggle with all of that than we have. Yeah, like I I, I definitely see that because there's like. Like I mentioned earlier, I, for myself, stopped eating primarily vegetarian and Mm -hmm. a lot of people have broken away from that as well. I've seen, and Mm -hmm. it's like this trend of, um, realizing that we're all at different stages and like, Mm -hmm. you may like benefit from this, like juicing smoothie protocol. But for me, that literally like makes my insides turn inside out and is not the right thing for me, but you do you eating your 10 bananas a day. Like, yeah. so. Oh Lord, it, 10, 
<laughs> I've seen like this banana girl. I think she's called, she has like all these bananas and she swears by it. And I think more and more people, especially as they come into my role, at least like my goal is like always teaching people how to be an expert in themselves. Like I wish I could learn everybody's body the way I know mine, but that would be just way too much. And mm-hmm. what works for me is definitely not going to work for the next person. Mm-hmm. And just because you saw someone have wild success with it does not guarantee yours. Exactly. And, and like, I think the natal chart really helps with um, accepting that differentiation. Um, I, for one, I can't eat meat products and mm. that doesn't mean I don't, you know, of course I like the smell of bacon mm-hmm. and of course I enjoyed burgers and stuff like that. But at the time of my life I'm in, my body it really reacts against meat. Mm. Um, I have potassium deficiency, yet bananas aren't the best source for me, even though a banana is a great source of potassium for me with the way my chart is oriented and it shows in my life. A banana actually tanks my potassium due to the sugar interactions that it happens happens in the body. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's nice to have, you said the word blueprint early on in our conversation and mm-hmm. that's exactly what I think a chart is. I think it's a blueprint of potential predispositions. It's a blueprint of kind of how to best care for yourself. They, they do actually say that the, the natal chart is the, most likely outcome because we obviously do have free will like Mm -hmm. if you have that you're going to win the lottery in your (laughs) chart and you don't go and buy that ticket you're not going to win the lottery so we do have the choice for or against these things and this blueprint for differentiation that begins and so many people are like why astrology though you know how do the planets well that represents the season and the environment within which we are born and it's the whole nature nurture thing what nature brings us into in that moment it imprints us it does leave us with a a unique dna cycle and pattern and so respecting that is so much more important than respecting you know these papers and certificates that say since 19 (laughs) everybody needs to eat an apple a day, you know, or whatever kind of Mm -hmm. cliche things that we've carried through with us. Yeah, I definitely, I agree because yeah, see, like I had that season where I didn't eat meat and then it was the same thing, but now I found myself out of it and like not being Mm -hmm. stuck to that, you know, like the Mm -hmm. identity of not eating meat was so hard. And then I even tried to eat dairy and it's like, theoretically it should work for my body with like Mm -hmm. my gut being repaired, but it, or gluten, it just does not work for me. Yeah. No. And I've tried countless times. I'm like, that's great. She can eat it, but it's really mm. not for me. And um, it makes me want to see where Virgo sits in your chart. I'll probably, when we get done, I'm going to have a <laughs> look at your chart and see where Virgo sits because that is your gluten and grain kind of thing. And it's mm. funny because, you know, for me, I do well on that. Mm. I do very Lucky. well on that. But Lucky. I think, <laughs> oh, I do love a good pizza and some bread. But <laughs> it's kind of maybe tied into. Um, again, it's tied into also what you were were nurtured with or not nurtured with as a child too. Mm-hmm. You know, all these patterns, all these this 
this fate of your path is set out for you to essentially enjoy the journey of, but uh, we've lost the joy of the journey. We've lost the joy of the journey being different. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I knew like growing up, like this wasn't working for me, then like it would have been a lot easier to work with that blueprint, but I didn't have that Mm -hmm. information. Yeah. Gluten for me is like, I feel this is a weird way to describe it, but it feels like a psychic attack on my body. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm hijacked or like someone put poison in me and I would rather mm-hmm. drink copious amounts of alcohol than the way gluten makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. It really does. It's like, it's, it's back to that whole, like the, con- what you consume becomes you. I worked mm-hmm. with a psychic medium and it was fascinating the way her um, body responded to red meat protein, mm. which is kind of like usually something even even meat eaters say, um, well, you know, I keep red meat to a minimum and I like to, you know, go for the light meats and the, the chickens and turkeys or whatever. And but for her, she came alive. She even said that, um, you know, moments after consuming it, because obviously the the digestion process does start in the mouth Mm -hmm. um she could feel the surge of the correct i would say that these are probably hormones but she could feel the surge of the correct molecules through her blood oh my god no they she could feel how how her body was being reinvigorated through the circulatory system like through her arms legs and, and she came to life so listening to the body I guess that's a massive promotion of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just key. Yeah, I have not, being a Taurus, I have a huge love affair with cows and bulls. And it is so hard for me to eat red meat, but I crave mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it really good for me or is it not? And that's one meat I have not added back in. But you saying that, I'm like, I wonder if it would just like bring me back to life everything yeah everything with the body is in experimentation and it's kind of you know that's that's how I got over my horror of needing to consume 5,000 milligrams of sodium per day like so many people (laughs) are like how are you not you know with the highest blood pressure in the world I'm not like my resting heart rate is at like 51 after a whole day of eating 5,000 milligrams of sodium like without it I'll be clinically flatlining kind of thing oh my god I think that, yeah, I I love how you are introducing and inviting and kind of allowing people to explore the connections Mm -hmm. with themselves that maybe um, they don't see in the people around them or they don't talk about with the people around them. And it's, it's definitely time to pioneer individualized medicine and intuitive eating and stuff like that yeah yes yeah i i'm definitely the one that's like gonna bring up the awkward topic or the thing that you think you feel ashamed of because Mm -hmm. i lived a life of secrets growing up and so i'm like no secrets here i will share everything i will post pictures of my parasites from the toilet to show you that you have these two (laughs) nothing is tmi for me (laughs) and that's good Uh, we need that we need that uh, a lot more than we realize yeah um okay so 
have one last like little question here. And I think this will be very helpful for those that are listening is I mentioned this a lot. And I think people kind of get the gist of that. I work with a lot of women who are struggle with, I would say like the effects of trauma. And what I mean by that is when we go through stressful childhoods and um, which a lot of us have in some way and some more than others, we kind of lose that disconnection to our intuition and um, feeling safe and able to like connect to the body. And that results in a lot of adulthood illnesses and diseases like gut dysfunction and just, yeah, like illness in general. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that if someone's listening, like could potentially look at like some key things in their chart to maybe understand their bodies and themselves and their life a little bit more like a a 101 here yeah i mean it's i'm i'm not a big advocate of going straight to your sun sign and your moon sign i'm 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 pushing the boundaries i talk about the earth sign which is the sign opposite your sun sign and so on but when it comes back down to the most foundational part of everything the biggest two luminaries that we cannot deny the existence and the involvement within our life are the sun and the moon and in astrology they do also represent the father which is the sun Mm. and the moon which is the mother and they say saturn is like the general father it's like our governmental father it's the father of the country we live in and it's kind of that kind of patriotic thing but in in a personal situation if you look to your chart for the sun and the moon and not necessarily the signs but the houses that they're in um for example someone with the sun which is representing the father in a house like house number one they may have pressure from father's expectations growing up mm-hmm. someone with a, a son in house number two they would have um these kind of financial legacy things that they feel like they have to carry on all the way through to house number 12 if if your son is in house number 12 there's an absence of the father and that kind of brings some stuff in so if you're looking to explore your your chart and your wellness with regards to how this has been part of you from birth then the houses of the sun and the moon are great places to start and you can really do a lot of emotional healing when the moon is in the same, the current moon is in the same sign of your natal moon. So for example, I am an Aquarius moon. Mm-hmm. So if I just pop on Google and I know that the moon is in Aquarius for the next two and a half days or at this time of the month or whatever, those are actually really big portals for doing some shadow work. Mm. especially to do with the childhood. And have you ever sat down to do something and you're like, you know, it's just not clicking or it's just not flowing, Mm -hmm. you know? This is removing the effort that it takes because healing does take effort. It takes so much effort. And I think that's why some people don't go for it because it is a lot of effort. They say ignorance is bliss and it really, really is. But if, if you follow the moon is in the sign that your moon is in for two and a half days, you are going to have 
way less roadblocks. You are going to have way less of that kind of resistance to healing, especially if you're talking about simple things like journaling, that we think writing something down should be so easy. And sometimes we're like, ah, you know, where do I begin of what to pull out of myself to really start dealing with it? Well, let me tell you, when the moon is in your moon sign, that will flow. Mm. It will almost just pour out of you. And suddenly you've opened these doors. And I imagine if you're anything like me or anyone kind of into the in the healing area, you'll be looking forward to that time next month, yeah. you know, to for those floodgates to allow you to believe whatever you've been holding for so many years. Wow. Now I'm going to, I mean, what is my moon? And my moon's in I think your moon's slash. Sagittarius. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I just actually, you said the 12th house. I was like, I wonder if my father uh, or my son is in the 12th house because the father is absent. And it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad was yeah. not in my life. Yeah. Oh my and God. it's, it's, and there's a reason. So it's it, a thing I like about that. The thing I, cause um, I have the son in the 12th house and while my father was around, the relationship was almost as if he was absent, if that makes sense. And, and, no, I get it. You know, we were just so, there was there was so much there, so much water under the bridge. But now that I know that that was intentional, mm-hmm. forgiveness becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm like, okay, it was the grand scheme of things. It was the bigger plan. And while I still don't know exactly why, yeah. I am a lot I'm a lot closer to finding that out and I'm a lot happier in um stepping forward mm-hmm. towards acceptance with that. Yeah, it's like um yeah, definitely like a layer of peace of this wasn't a personal thing of him being emotionally unavailable or physically unavailable or leaving if he left. It was the role that perhaps before we came down into these bodies and in this life that mm-hmm. he was assigned by me, maybe even to, yes. to, so I could learn the lesson of balancing that masculine energy in myself. Yes. Mm. And they say that there's a, there's a, this, um, what would I call it? Like a concept in astrology. Like we pick our life path before. And it's funny, a group of astrologers, we were talking and we were like, it's so, it's almost like the soul is so egotistical. It's like, yeah, give me absent father, give me digestive (laughs) issues and watch me, watch me be amazing still. And then we're wiped (laughs) of everything and we're born and we're like, oh no, you know, these things hurt and these things were carrying the imprint of them. Whereas like, soul us in some other dimension was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. 10 out of 10. Easy. I'll take it. And it's kind of like, okay, we must remember our parts in everything in an ethereal way. That sounds like my life in a nutshell. I always joke. I'm like, what fucking part of me was like, let's choose this lifetime of pain and be like, you know what? I got it. And I'm like, that's totally my personality. (laughs) Yep. The soul knows. Um, okay. So final, final question here. We are in the middle of the clip season. (laughs) Um, and I, we're recording this on the 20th, which is like, we're one day into it. And when this episode Mm -hmm. will drop, we'll still be towards the end of it. And what is like, kind of like the theme of it that, yeah, there might be certain aspects like 
to look at individually. And if you know what those are off the top of your head, feel free to drop them. But the theme that we should expect over the next couple of weeks now until like, I guess, beginning mid-May. So yeah, we are um, officially post the Aries new moon eclipse. And then we have the early May Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorpio eclipse and what eclipse season does is it gives us our umbrella theme for the next six months they work in like a bookend situation so we start a situation now today in fact something new that carries us through the next six months of evolution and early May we end something from the previous six months the signs of Aries and Scorpio they're really interesting the way they work together they're not really attached in any way on the wheel. They don't have the most obvious of relationship. Aries is up here in the head. It's about salt. It's about retention of thoughts. It's about retention of water. It's about retention of anything that doesn't serve you. And then we have the full moon eclipse in Scorpio early May. I think it's like May 5th. And that's the excretory system. If you think about what water retention is, it's something that we want to get rid of. What emotional baggage is, that's something we want to be able to kind of not necessarily purge, but tap and let it flow freely. Mm. And this whole eclipse season, physically you you can see, you know, water, water buildups and emotional outbursts in the next couple of weeks while we approach the full moon eclipse um, in Scorpio early May. And that it brings us back to that higher protein intake that can actually help mm. you embody the transformation that this next two weeks is asking and it will help pacify any kind of like mind anxiety any headaches any brain fog which is very very Aries sections Mm. um if like individual people do know their charts if you look at uh where the sign of Aries is and the sign of Scorpio is in your personal chart Mm. and quickly type up on google like um you know, houses in astrology diagram and take a look at the correlation between the theme of the house that Aries is in and what is potentially the emotions that you are attaining and the you kind of the instigator of the experience that's making you either consume too much water or not consume enough protein, you know, and you can really get that personalized. But overall, it's about taking things that no longer have a place in the mind and the body and allowing them out of the system that just naturally is supposed to get rid of those things. No more holding on to stuff. So it's kind of like this first eclipse is like the build up the belly. And Mm -hmm. the second one is the flushing of it out almost. Yes. Flushing. That's the word I was looking for. It's the flushing. So to kind of make space, and if I read correctly, there, I mean, so many people have so many different interpretations. It's like, this is kind of like the head of the last 18 months. Is that true? Mm. It's, um, it's, it's called the last straw. So Aries, oh, that's what I feel like eclipse. I'm <laughs> Yeah. It's, um, at 29 degrees and in astrology, it doesn't matter what sign we're talking about. 29 degrees is the final degree of any sign. So you have these anoretic degrees in astrology. Zero is a really important degree and 29 is an important degree. Zero is the entry, the beginning. This is like Mm. you're stepping onto the roller coaster and 29 degrees is this is the last straw. And 
it is I, I it's difficult to put it that way sometimes because that mm-hmm. can be very doomsday like hey just to let yeah. you know was the last <laughs> chance for whatever but it, it's not like that it's um it's kind of the last chance for you to purge this stuff before you carry it on mm-hmm. for another eclipse cycle which isn't a problem because you've got this far with it anyway i mean you mm-hmm. did you you're you're alive and you're you're a person all of yourself we're all doing this anyway but this is a chance to dump that stuff out if you really really want to and it's going to come with some um personal resistance i imagine being aries is very it's very forceful and directional so letting things flow and this is actually a really good time to use that moon exercise that i mentioned um when the moon is in your sign like maybe get that kind of where you feel like you're on the last straw and bullet point write things down here here and here and then come early may you can kind of sit with yourself and determine how far through the process those things are of being flushed out or if you need to do a little bit more or if you're actually going to carry them for another cycle which if there are people kind of under the age of 26 27 mm-hmm. you you might carry it for one more cycle and that's why I don't like to <laughs> you know get too heavy with that but it is mm-hmm. the last straw and it's also the last straw that every single one of us can handle so mm-hmm. I mean more power to everybody because no matter what kind of eclipse it is I think we're going to boss it yeah and something that comes to mind as you say that too is like, I didn't take it as like a doomsday, but for me, I see it as kind of like, this is the optimal time to work with the cosmos to clear this pattern. And it's because it's an eclipse, like it's almost like it's impossible to ignore. Like you're going to know, like you don't need to go searching for anything. It might likely will pop up as we end this like cycle, if it is the end of it for you. And yeah, that's, I feel like that's how it pops up for me. And if you're really in Definitely. touch, like it'll be obvious. And I always tell this to clients, like, they're like, well, what should I be working on? I'm like, well, what's right in front of you that you're not paying attention to, or you don't mm-hmm. want to, like, there is no need for you to like go scouring. Oh, what wound or trigger should I be playing with? Because mm-hmm. you'll be, it'll be very obvious in your day-to-day life. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to have been the theme in the last, at least seven days already the way that these things kind of build in their crescendo so Mm. (laughs) it's I guess it comes down to are you ready to deal with it are you eager to deal with it and you have everything you need to be ready to deal Mm. with it so Mm -hmm. I mean that last straw is completely each individual's own choice of handling that and moving forward yeah that's a good point too is like we're going to be shown when we're ready to go look at it from that layer or angle or level of consciousness. And Mm -hmm. if you would have looked at the the particular thing that might be popping up right now, a year ago, it would have been too harsh or too much of a truth Mm -hmm. that you couldn't actually integrate into the physical body or even your life. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. So we start, so would we say that the May 5th event, the eclipse is like, the sparking of a new cycle is or is it still ending something? Well, that's the end. So in astrology, a new moon is always um, 
new. It's always mm. the new cycle and a full moon is always full. So it's completion. Okay. And they, um, pop astrology says that they work in pairs. So this Aries new moon works with this Scorpio full moon with this two week dynamic here. And while that's not untrue, they do have um, longer six month cycles. So today is kind of that whole saying about this is the last straw. This is the last chance. It's, and it's not just the last chance forced upon you. It's the last chance to decide, do you want that? Like mm. you get a choice in this too. You can choose and say, actually, that's not me anymore. Um, just because it's a new moon of a last straw doesn't mean you have to keep that on. You you can totally make the choice. But the Scorpio moon that's coming up early May is the end of something from six months ago from the previous um, solar eclipse experience. So it's evolutionary in a way, but there's always going to be a new start. And then a couple of weeks later, there's going to be an end of something. And it, it would just be crazy if the start now would come to an end in two weeks. That's far yeah. too small of a yeah. of a time frame for any of us to get any kind of validity or experience out of it. So there's lots of like crossed paths with how they all overlap. And so I guess now removing things to allow a fresh start is definitely the theme, but it's still a fresh start is the theme. And then come that early May, you will be able to box bury or burn whatever that is that you're like yes this is my last straw this is my last chance I'm going at it you know 101 percent and I feel more stable so ritually I would say letting go in May is great and the early run-up of that kind of from the Aries new moon eclipse is about listing those things get passionate get des get desire out there and say you know if this is the one way I was going to do something for the for the rest of the year how would that look mm -hmm. and then we wipe away everything that's in the way of that yeah do you think that like people could potentially have felt this energy already like sometimes I find like I'll start experiencing like say the event happened today but the whole week I've kind of built up to it like does it have to happen on those exact dates or is it like a like a, a radius of those around that day. Definitely a radius. And okay. it's interesting because the more um, willing to be tuned into yourself that you are, the sooner mm. you get those feelings. It's crazy. The more sensitive you are, like, <laughs> the you know, it's easier to be thrown off at a, a, an earlier point than other people. And it's back to that ignorance is bliss thing, you know. Mm. But, I mean, it's some um, funny 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 joke of the universe that the more authentic and and connected you are the more sensitive you are too yeah it's almost like um I just got an image in my mind it's like the more I've tapped in it's like when you can hear the train like far far off in the distance mm -hmm. versus it being right next to you and so loud and like little faint like things will come up um, and then like maybe on the day of you're like painfully aware that it's there. Mm -hmm. I love that train analogy actually, because there is a varying level of awareness of that approach. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is, that's a personal choice. 
Yeah, that just dropped in my head. I don't know. Maybe it's a download. That's great. That's a great. Yeah, definitely. I would say. Um, okay. Thank you so much, Charlie. This I I learned so much, um, and now I'm like, am I? Is there any like, I don't know, like course or book like specifically with like medical astrology that if someone's like really interested in like this conversation that we've had with you, like that they could just like read for pleasure or dive into yeah. like any resources? Um, one of the first books I got was by an author called Jane um, Ridder, R-I-D-D-E-R. And it was um, just a basic uh, medical astrology one. I've since um, accumulated, I'm just sat here looking at this uh, book I have that is every, um, it's not the the planets, what they called the asteroids, every single asteroid. I don't even know how many there are in total. This book is like 50 something pages long and every asteroid pertains to something like uh, a lymphatic process or mm. a specific dynamic of a hormone. So there is, you know, whatever, when you go down into this rabbit hole, I promise you, you'll, you'll be in it. You really will be in it. And a great <laughs> way to start is the medical astrology book by Jane Ridder. Um, and yeah, just comparing that with your own chart and learning in a kind of self-developing way, I think yeah. that puts you in the best place to start exploring this practice. Yeah, I think it's, if I were newly on my journey, this would probably would be one of those angles that I'd begin to just, if mm -hmm. I was at doctor's offices and feeling like, oh, everything checks out normal, like so many people experience and you're like, just something feels a little off and this would kind of be that kind of gateway for me if I was starting from the ground up right now. So mm -hmm. I will definitely be looking into that book. Um, awesome. Do you, um, I know you've, uh, you've, I don't know if you do this for everybody, but I know that you've uh, created this wonderful kind of guide for me understanding um, my charts um, from like a human design and astrological standpoint. Uh, do you offer any one-to-one -one services that if someone was interested, they could book with you? I do. Um, and I can send you a, a link to include with this if that's cool. I sure. do offer services. I I definitely um, offer like a holistic view. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. be just medical. Um, there's, yeah. there's some kind of evolutionary astrology points in there. I also can't not be medical so if I yeah. see that you know um for this date and this date you can't eat sugar I will definitely put that in there too so um yeah I do like to work with people I have a it's an around a three-month wait list um mm. occasionally I do get cancellations but I also like to kind of share tidbits of this information just on socials like you know I might post up one day that the sun is actually connected to vitamin D. So when the sun is in Pisces, everybody needs to try and, you know, supplement that somehow. So following along with that as well can help if people are, you know, maybe not ready to dive into a full reading yet. But if yeah. you're interested, if, if, if anybody is intrigued, I, I do offer that. Yeah. I, I, I loved what you provided me because it's like a resource that I can come back to time and time mm -hmm. again to like understand myself Mm -hmm. Um, it felt like the book of me, um, because it yes. was like, what, like 40 pages. Yes. Um, that's amazing that you have a, 
three month waiting list. Like that's incredible that so many people want this information. Um, but yes, I will. Lot, def- that's a lot to do with the length because, um, like you said, yours was forty pages long, and and for that, it's kind of like that takes time. <laughs> it does take time. And back in the day, I really enjoyed one to one face to face readings. Like I like yeah. to do Zoom readings. I like to know because you know I would be in that um, space for that time. Mm-hmm. and you know I could come out of it and it takes a lot to do it physically mm-hmm. written however it is undeniable that the written is a kind of evergreen resource for people yeah. so I you know I live my chart is on the axis of serve or suffer mm-hmm. and if I don't serve I will mm-hmm. suffer so I kind of I put my everything into those yeah, it, it was amazing. My husband was like, what the hell? Like, this is like you to a T. I'm like, I know she like knows me better than I know myself from this chart. <laughs> um, but yes, I will definitely get that link and post it in the show notes. What is your um, Instagram handle? It is official Charlie King. Charlie is spelled C-H-A-R-L-Y. Um, and yeah, that's where I post up most of that stuff. I have dabbled with TikTok. I am not uh technologically <laughs> there yet <laughs> um but yeah mainly it's the instagram that i kind of share that information and i have a certain personality type i'm quite uh rebellious mm. um i i'm here to host some anger on on behalf of our generation of some of the wrongdoings so i definitely am um one to be taken not too lightly, but, you know, don't get sidetracked by my delivery because I just want everything to be available to everyone because I think you all deserve it. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And for any of you that are wanting her work in a smaller scale, I do offer a membership called the Cosmic Health Club. And like I mentioned in the beginning, it's a little bit of an underground experiment right now, but the ladies that are in it are past group members of my body genius four month uh, body soul detox course, and they love it. We meet twice a month for coaching and healing. And Charlie provides this beautiful report, which is like ends up being like 15 to 20 pages of a breakdown of what's to come astrologically and specifically how it affects you um, on your health journey. Um, So it's such a beautiful offering that she has. And I'm so grateful. Like I've said, found her on Upwork because it's like this sprinkle and um, compliment to the work that I do with women on a deeper level with their health. And it's so spot on. Like I'm always going through it for myself during the month. And I'm like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Like why I'm bloated. (laughs) A client even reported back from the membership. And she's like, what the hell? She like brought up ankles in this report. And I broke my ankle yesterday. And Mm. (laughs) I'm like, well, the stars do not lie like mm-hmm. she, she's just the messenger <laughs> exactly don't she the messenger <laughs> <laughs> um so that is um an offering for you as well to get the best of uh her and me too and i'll link that also in the show notes um for anyone that's interested um any last words from you charlie anything you felt like you want to touch on before we conclude today's episode 
Um, I think I I think we did a really good job of covering a lot of things. I do. I would like to hope and you know wish that people explore the preventative potential um, that's within your cosmic course because you know prevention is better than cure and it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't all of these kind of sayings they are they are true <laughs> and um astrology is very empirical you have to you can't test it under a microscope you have to be in it mm-hmm. and i hope that you know something from today encouraged that exploration and you know i truly look forward to seeing your work grow because my goodness, do we need it. (laughs) And for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like I love this conversation and I know at least a group of people are going to as well. And it's just so very informative and I think can help a lot of people who feel really boggled and confused by Mm -hmm. following the rules of mainstream health. Um, Mm -hmm. And this kind of breaks away and comes back to a more natural, holistic, and I think intended way for us to live, if I do say so myself. But yes, definitely. Um, until next time, thank you yes. so much for joining us. If any of you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at eclectic.wellness. And all links to everything we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. And I'll see you next episode. Bye.